Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode. Episode number 49. What episode is this? Riffs and Body Slams. Yeah, I'm your host, Gmo, recording from the beautiful suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. A loaded, a loaded edition of Riffs and Body Slams. Why is that? Well, might as well just join the media here, folks, and talk about the the drama, the altercation of CM Punk and EVPs of Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Apparently, they like to do a little scuffle, a little dancing in the backstage. Also on the show, I will give you my perspective view of AEW's all-out pay-per-view that this went down this past Sunday. Um, I'm going to give you my perspective view because since I was in the arena, right? And uh, if you follow my second YouTube page, Riffs and Body Slam Plus, I did a review on it in the parking lot at the now arena. A very shitty production off my phone, but it is what it is. And that was right before the, the media scrum, you know, took over the wrestling world. Yeah, I didn't find out until I almost got home till like almost 1.30 in the morning. Uh, I was sitting down eating, go through the Wrestling Observer website and find that uh, CM Punk is shooting hard. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, watched the video right after that. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. And then to find out within like hours that there was a fight broken out, I'm like, whoa, what the hell's going on? But I'll give you my perspective view on what happened at All Out. I will talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. Went down this past Monday. We'll do a whole show review. But I mentioned my social media, right? Briefs and Body Slams Plus, my second. But I do have a, another one. My first YouTube page, which is under Riffs and Body Slams. Find all my concert videos if you're a fan of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. And a few pro wrestling clips. I also have a Twitter and Twitch. Riffs and Body Slams. Hit the follow. Hit the subscribe. Hit the uh, whatever buttons available to keep tabs on what I'm doing in social media. All right. What else is going on? Oh, yeah. Riffs and Body Slams at gmail.com. If you got any concerns, it's a bitch. You want to praise about something. You went to see something. Uh, either for a pro wrestling show or a rock and roll show. Got a set list. You got a match card. Love to see it, man. Send me some pictures of the event. So let's keep it peachy here, folks. Uh, WWE, Vince McMahon era style. Uh, PG only here, folks. So... I'd love to see what the hell you guys are doing on this past week slash weekend. By the way, I hope you're having an awesome work week. Rattled, ready to tackle and hopefully a beautiful weekend. At least here in the Midwest, it's going to be somewhat semi-beautiful out. Uh, I know we're going to get some rain here in the Chicagoland area on this coming weekend. But wherever you're listening to this podcast throughout this country or outside of this country... Uh, really quick, send my condolences to Queen Elizabeth, who passed away yesterday as the time I record this podcast. So September 8th, she passed away over there in her, her lovely home in Scotland. And uh, send my condolences to uh, the Queen's family and uh, the fellow UK people who are either listeners on the podcast or, uh, you know, they're out there, man. So... 
Very sad, man. Even though it's not related to what I talk about here on the podcast, but you know, it's a big deal, right? Seventy years of conquering, uh, accomplishment, accomplishment, a lot of things over there in the UK. And I didn't realize she met over what thirteen to fourteen presidents. That's crazy. And, and a million years, a million years, I would never thought about uh, one person. Uh, meeting at least 15 to 13 different presidents, which is awesome. And I was watching the coverage on the news yesterday of the passing of Queen Elizabeth and just looking at the old photos and videos meeting Eisenhower and Carter and JFK. And that's pretty cool history, man. I love history. And seeing that, and especially for a queen that's from the UK, obviously we're allies with the, or joined forces with the U.S., so, hey, look, man, the UK's, I've never been there. That's one thing on my bucket list I want to want to visit on, my, on a world bucket list trip. It's definitely going to the UK, London, uh, checking out the scenery, the foods, the eats, the people, the culture, the beer, because I'm a beer, beer, big beer drinker, and those soccer's huge over there. So, you know, they're, they're, I love, that's one place I want to visit is the UK, but, uh, uh, right right now that that's that's my future goals in my mind. Well, let's see if I could try to make it to a reality. But uh, yeah, like I said, send my condolences to Queen Elizabeth's family and the great country of UK. All right, let's talk about rock and roll. Yeah, we'll kick off the show with riff riffs and body slams. Be fairly quick. And then uh, most of the podcasts this week will based off pro wrestling. So there's a lot to cover in that aspect of the show. So, uh, yeah, man, without further ado, let's head out to the riffs portion of the show where I talk about all things rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. And welcome to the Riffs portion of the show where I talk about all things rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. So very quick, I'm going to go on a little soapbox here, folks. Feel free to follow me on my socials at Riffs and Body Slams. If you agree or disagree, I uh, posted a tweet on my Twitter page, Riffs and Body Slams, and a lot of people loved it. But what, what tweet did I post it on my Twitter page? Well, I said, what the fuck? Why is Ozzy getting at least nine seconds of TV time and halftime and a kickoff of the NFL first game of the season? I'm a big football fan. I love football. Uh, but if you put Ozzy, the godfather of heavy metal, the prince of darkness, and he gets nine to ten seconds on TV, what the fuck is that? Whose brilliant idea was that? Was that the NFL or NBC? Oh, heavy metal. Oh, it's not family friendly. Oh, nine seconds and that's it. Come on, man. You're telling me a hip-hop act will get 40. And I know I understand it's a Super Bowl. Super Bowl gets a lengthy halftime. I get it. But a pop act or hip-hop act, if they did a halftime on a kickoff show, I swear, dude, I swear to God, they'll get like 40 minutes. Hands down. And I'm not trying. It's not a racist thing. It's, you're by you know, it's not none of that. But it shows some respect in rock and roll, man. Especially a legend like Ozzy Osbourne? Come on. 
A little respect, that's all. I don't care if you throw Snoop out, Snoop Dogg on stage and do hip-hop with Ozzy. I mean, that's not, that's not what I want. But at the same time, he is a legend. Just like Snoop Dogg. I mean, again, I'm not a rap fan. I know, and I understand Snoop Dogg is, is, is legendary in the rap world. And I respect that. But if these guys can get their, their, their nice little moment, Ozzy just should get at least the equal same respect as well. Come on. It's common sense here, folks. He is the Prince of Darkness. And, you know, again, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Just heard that. Knock on wood. I don't want to be the asshole that, you know, will, will cause the, uh, you know, a health issue scare with Ozzy. And look at all, all of us, the, the fans, want him here forever. Okay? Fans want him here forever. But, again, I, I talked about it in the past in my podcast. Everyone is a human, okay? We, uh, same thing with Ozzy. Uh, no, Ozzy, uh, Lemmy. Lemmy Kilmeister. Rest in peace. The Godfather. Fans was hoping he will live on forever. And well, uh, Again, rest in peace. He passed away. I wish he lived on another 50 to 100 years. But, again, everybody's human. At some point, everybody will die. And that was a scary, uh, tough topic to talk about for some people. Some people are afraid of death. Some people are just... If I die, I die. But uh, try not to go off subject here, folks. But look, man, we're not going to have Ozzy forever. Yeah, the guy's been through many, many health issues. I mean, come on, look at the history of rock and roll with Ozzy. Guy done every drug, smoked every drug, sniffed everything he could get in his body. I mean, he's not the only person to do it, but yeah, come on, man. So that's, that's the tweet I posted out. And right now, the rock community is in outrage right now on how they day. They represented Ozzy on national TV after they've been promoting him for the past week or two. You promote it. People tune in just to see Ozzy, just to get the nine seconds of it. And like I said, I'm a big football fan, so I figured I'd watch the game. I, I, and then it dawned on to me that Ozzy was playing until I kind of found out right before halftime, like rock legend icon will perform the halftime. And I just remember, like, yeah, that's right, I just... Thursday morning, I went on social media, and I kind of reminded me that he was playing on the kickoff's halftime show. So, like, awesome. This is great. Love Ozzy. A big Ozzy fan. And, uh, all right, I'll stick around for the halftime. We'll have to change the TV or uh, go get more beer or take a piss break or nothing. I'm waiting for Ozzy. Next thing you know, the commercial break is done, and here comes the halftime. Ozzy, Ozzy's already halfway through Patient Number 9 song. And I'm like, what the fuck? No intro? No, they're just going right into the middle of the song of Ozzy performing. And the graphic pop-up scene, Ozzy Osbourne playing Patient Number 9. That's it. Straight to the, the announcers, the halftime announcers. Are you fucking kidding me? And the performance has gone right behind them as they're talking. Fucking disgrace, man. So that's my soapbox. Again, if you agree with it, Again, riffs and body slams on Twitter or riffs and body slams at gmail.com if you agree with me. That's fucking load of bullshit. My personal opinion. All right, what's going on in the world of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal? Obviously, Megadeth was having a little bit of drama here, folks. Between Dave Ellison, the former member, and Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. So, uh, obviously, a news report came out last week about, I think I touched base in last last episode, uh, which was 48. I talked about Mustaine walking out to Dave Ellison a couple of years ago, I believe doing the number 13 album, or I can't remember what record they were working on in the past, but they walked into uh, 
uh, Dave Ellison and the producer changing the region of the song Kingsman. And uh, Mustaine walked him like, hey, man, what the fuck's going on? And, hey, well, we're going to put some of these ideas and these ideas. And Mustaine's like, fucking whatever. <laughs> and now Mustaine's coming out saying that that song sucks ass. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Dave Ellison decided to do an interview, I believe, from a different podcast uh, host or whatever he did. And pretty much said he felt like he was in an abusive relationship with Mustaine while he was in the band. And, uh, you know, he felt like he got no creative freedom, blah, blah, blah. So now Dave, uh, James Lomenzo, who's the new bass player who replaced Dave Ellison, uh, didn't see the allegations coming when the sex scandal came out. Uh, fans kind of remember Dave Ellison got fired from Megadeth due to the, due to the scandal. What happened? Well, apparently, uh, the, um, Dave Ellison decided to uh, do a personal virtual video chat with an underage girl that I believe was out of country, if I'm not mistaken. And eventually that got leaked, and they were saying he was a pedophile and a perv and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, yeah, eventually Dave Mustaine decided to fire him, and he said he loves him, and it was the hardest decision to make. And uh, now these two are spewing bad words and now it's turning into turmoil now. So the love is gone, <laughs> obviously. So that's what's going on in the the Megadeth slash Dave Ellison's camp. But other than that, Megadeth is on the road with Five Figure Death Punch. If you give a rat's ass for Five Finger, if you do, they will be on tour this fall. So go check them out. So I kind of missed out Taylor Hawkins' tribute concert. I need to go check it out. It looks awesome, man. Nice big celebration. Dedicated to the life, to the great Taylor Hawkins. And uh, obviously the Foo Fighters were there. Brian Johnson from ACDC. And yes, they played Back in Black on the tribute concert. And, and Wolfgang Van Halen, he came on stage and he kicked all forms of ass. Did the, 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 the guitar tapping from his late great father, Eddie Van Halen. So that was pretty cool. So if you haven't got a chance, check it out on YouTube. I'm going to try to check it out this weekend. So Tim Labesis, uh, the singer of As A and Lay Dying, is hoping to have a new album in 2023. So I'm not sure if it matters to you or not, but if you're a fan of As A and Lay Dying, they got a new record. Uh, try to be pushed out next year. Hey, right, Deep Purple, the legendary rock band, releases Extra, the Now What? The B-Sides and Bonus Songs digital compilation. So go check it out. Love Deep Purple, man. Classic. Classic legendary. My personal opinion, right up there with Sabbath and Judas Priest of the Godfathers of Rock and Heavy Metal. Uh, nice little video was being released on Blabbermouth, or you can look on YouTube. Alice Cooper plays with the first show with uh, with returning guitarist Kane Roberts. Man, that guy's Jack, man. Ever since this picture got released, got got veins popping out of his muscles, and he's always been a jack guy, and he's been taking care of his song impressively for years, decades. So, welcome back, Kane Roberts, to Dallas Cooper Band. Speaking of video, Ghost pays tribute to Chuck Schuldner at the Tampa Bay's concert in Florida. Obviously, Death is uh, uh, one of the many bands or 
comment about the death metal scene in Florida. So, and look at man, Ghost. Tobias Forge, the leader, the vocalist of Ghost, is, yeah, okay, he's no stranger to the darker side of metal. Death metal, black metal. I mean, come on, the guy's living out in Sweden. The country where black and death metal is created. So, uh, pretty cool that Ghost is paying tribute to uh, the legendary death. So, obviously, Mudvayne did their very first interview in a very long time with Revolver Magazine. And uh, uh, Chad Gray said, expecting new Mudvayne music coming out hopefully soon. I mean, can you imagine new Mudvayne music under today's production? And what what actually would the new Mudvayne sound like? In today's aspect, that's that's the question I want. If I had, if I sat down next to Mudvayne, what would today's Mudvayne music sound like? Very interesting. Uh, I mean, I love the new Machine Head record, and I talked about it in the past in my previous episodes. The new Machine Head album that just came out, and I love the direction of the sound they're going through, man. Uh, so hopefully, we'll see what Mudvayne's going through. What direction of music they're going to stick with the old school new metal style music, or? Going to a little bit of the modern style of metal. So, all right, that's what's going on in the world of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. So, let's talk about new music really quick. You can find me, you can find me all the time on social media, but the list I will give you, you can find it at loudwire.com. That's the list. They get the credit, they put the list together. I just relate this message to you guys. So, last episode, I talked about September 9th. As I mentioned, new Ozzy Osbourne, Patient Number 9, and Parkway Drive, Darker Stills, coming out today. The new Revocation record, Netherland Heaven. So, a few bands slash records are coming out uh, September 9th. So, uh, go out and support. But uh, for this episode, I'm going to talk about September 16th. That's right, the second week of New Music Friday for the month of September of 2022 edition so again follow me at loudware.com 2022 hard rock metal album release calendar all right starting from the top in alphabetical order let's start off from a great band from finland the 69 eyes uh they got a new ep called drive all right the next band evania has a new album called corporation all right black metal fans i'm looking forward to this new record behemoth Got a new album called Opus Contra Navram. I'm probably seeing the butcher in the album, but I'm ready for the new record for Behemoth. It's gonna probably gonna kick all forms of ass. Next band I love, I love this band, Clutch. Got a brand spanking new record called Sunrise and Slaughter Beach. Alright, up next, Darling Fire has Distortion. The Dead City Ruins has Shockwave. Death Strange has so much, too much. Ah, this band is still around. The Devil Wears Parada. How about that? Got a new record called Colored Decay. All right, Eden Bridge has Shingwalai. The band The Enrise has a self-titled album called The Enrise. Fan of the Dark has Suburbia. The band Jamviria has We Belong to the Stars. Go Go Bordello has a new record called Solartine. House of Lords has Saint and Sinners. Iris has got a new EP called Gloria. Lipica has a self-titled album, Lipica. The Mars Volta has a self-titled album called Mar- The Mars Volta. 
Monster Magnet has two re-releases, The Four-Way Diablo and A Monologic Baby. The band Mork has uh, Den Seventh Festing. Ah, have a hard time getting out of it out. All right, the next band, uh, Phobophlobic. Uh, Enveloping Absurdity. Can't speak today. All right, Smith's, Smith's. Adrian Smith and Richard Kotzen, their solo album as a duo, has a new record called Better Days and Nights. Summerlands has Dream Killers. Uh, Virtual Cemetery has a self-titled album called Virtual Cemetery. And lastly, the band Wolfheart got a new record called King of the North. All right. Massive Lease. Lease! Sound like a Southern Kentucky guy. Lease. All right. New Music Friday, September 16th. Check it out. What records I want to get or download or listen to. Behemoth, Clutch, and uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> that, those are the records I want to hear. Uh, if you have a specific record you're looking forward to for September 16th, Riffs and Body Slams on uh, Twitter or Riffs and Body Slams at gmail.com. All right, let's talk about touring news. Oh, yeah. Some awesome tours were just announced this past week. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. I, I, are you guys excited? If you're a fan of metal, two massive tours were announced for this fall. Not next year, this fall. And it's September. So let's talk about touring. I'm ready, man. I am ready. But before we talk about those tours, uh, if you're going to the Aftershock Festival in California in October... Uh, they released the set times for all the bands. And if you're going to Louder and Life in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, later this month of September, they announced the set times for all the bands as well. All right, so let's, let's talk about new tours here, folks, really quick. All right, so there's Only Black. I believe they talk about this or not. If I did it, I'll talk about it now. The legendary black metal band Venom, Inc., it's going to be going on tour, and they're going to be bringing I Hate God, Ringworm, and then uh, what's the last band here? Cult of Lilith. So the track starts in New York, uh, October 27th, and ends in, uh, let's see, Boston, if I'm not mistaken, in November. So Chicago, you're going to get the Forge of Joliet, November 2nd. So it's a really small print here, but uh, if you want to check out Venom, Inc., with I Hate God, Ringworm, and Cult of Lith, there's Only Black Cross America 2022 tour. All right, up next, The Offsprings. Yeah, Let the Bad Times Roll 2022 tour. And uh, most likely this only a Canada tour. So if you live in the Great White North, uh, across the border in Canada, Trek starts in Halifax on uh, October 31st. Ends in Victoria, Canada, uh, November 27th. So check out the Offsprings with Simple Plan. All right, let's end it on the two big tours announced for this fall. Let's talk about the first one. I'm looking forward to this one. And uh, tickets should be going on sale within 15 minutes at the time I'm recording this. So by the time this podcast will be out, tickets will be on sale. Machine Head. Of Kingdom and Crown Tour 2022. I'm excited for this tour, man. A three-piece with Ralph Lynn, uh, Jared on bass, and the, dr and the drummer. 
man, this is a massive, massive tour dates here, folks. Fresno, California, November 3rd ends in December. Looks like December 20, right, right around Christmas time. Uh, Sacramento, California. So, Chicago, you get the Forge of Joliet, November 25th. Black Friday. What a what a show for Black Friday. Machine Head. And, uh, yes, that's nearby me. And you know my ass will be there. That place will be sweating hot packed. Uh, yes, Machine Head played at the very venue a couple years ago. I was there. One of the greatest three hours of my life. That was a long-ass show. And, yes, plan on Machine Head doing another three-hour show on this tour. So check out Machine Head of Kingdom and Crowns Tour 2022. It's going to be kicking all forms of ass. The new record kicks all forms of ass as well. And, uh, yeah, man, VIP should be available soon. Or by the time this podcast will be out, it'll be available. They have two packages for the VIP. Uh, one of them is a sound check. Uh, let's see, you can meet the band, get the flag, and yada, 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 for 200 bucks, I believe, or 100 bucks. And for 99 bucks, you'll get the normal VIP. You'll still meet the band minus the, the, the sound check. So check out Machine Head on their U.S. Fall Tour. It's good stuff. This one, man. Whoo, baby, this is a road trip for me. Are you ready for it? If you're a fan of metal. Merciful Fate. Oh, yeah. I love that when it comes out of my mouth. Merciful Fate's going to be going on tour with Creator and the Bad Midnight. Holy smokes. If you're a metal fan, and this, again, this is freaking awesome, man. I'm excited for this. Uh, Trek starts in Dallas, Texas, uh, October 25th, ends uh, November 16th, Atlanta, Georgia. The Chicagoland area, the closest you'll get to is in Gary, Indiana at the Hard Rock Casino. Northern Indiana, so it's right on the border of Illinois and, and Indiana. So it's not bad of a drive. And November 3rd, so merciful fate. Their first U.S. tour dates in, holy hell, almost a decade or more. King Diamond has done plenty U.S. shows within the past couple years. And I was I'm, I'm lucky enough to witness King Diamond live. So what a way to go see them, this time under Merciful Faith. Uh, under their oath. <laughs> and Creator, the legendary German thrash band. Another band I still need to see. So what of a tour, man. So get your battle vest and your patches on. I got to get my patches on my battle vest and get ready for the pit. So... All right, kind of close up the riff portion of the show, baby. What a way to close it up. All right, let's talk about pro wrestling. Oh, yeah, I love pro wrestling. I hope you love pro wrestling, too, because we're going to talk about all elite wrestling all out, my perspective view from the time I drove to the venue to leaving the venue. We'll talk about WWE Raw this past Monday, and we'll talk about the CM Punk altercation slash media scrum. We'll talk about that as well. You know what? I will throw in this little bonus content. I'll t- uh, I did my radio show, by the way, each and every Thursday on SportsNowChicago.com. Uh, pro wrestling show. And I discussed about the future about WWE. And uh, the couple Triple H press conference clips they threw in there. So, you know what? I'll throw that in 
this podcast as well. So without further ado, let's talk about the body slam portion of the show. All right, welcome to the body slam portion of the show. Right there about all things pro wrestling. So where shall I start? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's talk about the CM Punk altercation first. And then I'll talk about my perspective view of All Out after. And then uh, WWE Raw. And then uh, we'll end the show, talk about Triple H. And I'll throw in a few uh, little news-worthy items that's going on in the world of pro wrestling. So... Let's talk about that right now in the world pro wrestling. What news is going on? Top tag team title match announced for this week's New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. An open weight tag team title match headlined this Saturday's New Japan Strong. Fighting Spirit Unleashed episode. And the episode main event, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis of the United Empire and Aussie Open will defend the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong overweight tag team champions against Team Filthy and the West Coast Wrecking Crew. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Fighting Spirit Unleashed Saturday, September 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern on NewJapanWorld.com. Christian Cage injury led to a quick match versus Jungle Boy at all AEW All Out Pay Per View. An injury to Christian Cage led to his match against Jungle Boy being kept short at All Out on Sunday. Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer said Christian Cage is hurt. Also said he couldn't do the match and was told it was serious. The reason there was no match is because Christian couldn't wrestle. AEW announces full gear, uh, date, and location. During the all-out broadcast this past Sunday, it was announced that the pay-per-view is set for Saturday, November 19th at Newark, New Jersey Prudential Center. They were billed as a two-night event with Friday's live edition of Rampage also taking place at the same venue November 18th. Tickets go on sale for both events Friday, September 23rd. Alright, let's talk about the CM Punk Media Scrum. Then we'll talk about the altercation that happened after the Media Scrum. So, before I start yapping my gums really quick, I'm going to play the media scrum of CM Punk. Okay, The clip I found the media scrum uh, CM Punk uh, talking is from the Denise Salcedo's uh, YouTube page. So she gets the credit for the video. And I'm going to go ahead and play that. And then we'll talk about it. We'll break down the conference, uh, the rights and the wrongs, the personal opinions. Uh, everybody has their own opinions on it. Uh, a lot of people are on one side, one and another. There's another half of people are on the other side. I'm gonna give you a bold perspective on my thoughts, my personal thoughts. All right, and if you agree or not agree. So here I am, gonna play the clip right now. Oh, here. Here a lot of, a lot of Just say your name and your. Cool. Hi, uh, Nick House with Wrestling Inc. I'll uh, start, Nick. Um, show of hands. Who here fancies themselves as a journalist? You're a journalist, Nick? All right. I try my best. Okay. Um, um, no, real real quick. Go ahead. Um, you still do improv? <laughs> no, not a little bit. No? No. When you did improv, who'd you do improv with? Uh, I did it with uh, uh, Scott Colton. Mm. Okay, so you fancy yourself a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? Uh, no, I haven't talked to Scott in some time. So you're not friends with him? Uh, no, no, Scott and I do not see eye to eye. 
Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. My point is, if you fancy yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling, and you have journalistic integrity, people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself, if you are friends with somebody, you blew my spot. If you're not friends with them, I apologize. It's okay. But you should probably disclose who you're friends with. I'm not friends um, with you. I haven't had Scott. anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade. Probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time and this is a fucking business. Uh, why I'm a grown ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top, okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to, go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself. For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? You told me. Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Dominic D'Angelo. Fuck the Pittsburgh Penguins. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you I'm doing? Pittsburgh. <laughs> I made it really clear in Forbes and I just want to make it clear again. Nick, it's when... not his position to make it very fucking clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody, okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Yeah, but I shouldn't have no commented when Nick first said it. It's my I, fault, and I if I hadn't, it's my that. fault. It's my I appreciate fault. I should have just I'm, taken a head on because you never said But I'm said trying anything. to run a fucking business, and when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that. It's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now, we're far beyond apologies, right? I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his fucking level. But 
that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. What's your question, Nick? Uh, first of all, you're always very nice to me, and thank you. Um, I wanted to ask about MJF, obviously. Uh, he played a, a voicemail from you before he came out. Obviously confronted you, uh, Punk. Um, why now? Why, why is MJF back in the fold now? How do you both feel about him being around? How do you feel about the time he spent away? All of that. Well, if I may, I'm the one who asked him to come back because uh, MJF's a big star in this company and this is a, one of the biggest events. A year ago, CM Punk debuted here and I thought it was right for the fans. And like I said, for the fans, I thought the best thing that we could do as a company was bring MJF back. And he wants me to work with pricks constantly. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, Two of the top wrestlers in the world, MJF and CM Punk. Could be oh. a big match down the line. Sorry to keep bringing this fucking up, but I've never spoken his word, and I don't know how long, so I'm a little fucking pissed off about it. That's fine. When it came down that he was going to sue me, I asked to talk to him. He refused. I asked for mediation. It was denied. I offered him money. He said it was not enough. He went ahead with the lawsuit and sued. It's his fucking funeral. I don't care. He shares a bank account with his mother. It tells you all you need to know about what kind of character that is. You were always very nice to me. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nick. I'm sorry if I'm a little fucking snippy. That's fine. That's I'm fine. hurt and I'm old and I, I'm fucking tired. I totally, and I work with fucking children. I respect the situation. I regret not answering your question. And the first I time only asked, asked it because I have some familiarity and just wanted some clarification on the story. Yeah, I, didn't break I should the story. have just taken a head on like I did with Blake and Forbes recently. We're all learning here, Tony. It's okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you guys. This is from Mindy's Bakery, by the way. It's a great place in Chicago. If you like pastries and baked goods, I suggest you go there. They're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, though. <laughs> uh, Sorry so about asked, all that, man. It's okay. All right, thanks. So I've asked questions of presidential candidates in my old life. I don't think I've ever been as nervous as I am right now, but I'll, I'll direct this one to Tony. Um, you saw the reaction MJF got when he came back out at the end of the night. Do you have any worries that um, you know, he was cheered in Chicago while CM Punk, hometown guys, were giving worries about um, MJF kind of, he got pure moves before. He was one of the last pure heels left in wrestling and didn't try to get cheered. And now he's sort of set up as this anti-authority figure. Do you, do you worry about what that means for the psychology going forward, especially as going to take on Punk? I think the fans want to see great wrestling matches. MJF's the top wrestler. CM Punk's the world champion, the top wrestler in the world. And I think having the top contenders, whoever came out of this match, Tonight, MJF sets up as a great challenger, and now CM Punk uh, is the world champion. MJF being back, a lot of fans were excited to see it, but anytime somebody makes a comeback in the world of wrestling, generally, you get a really big reaction. Am I worried about it? No, not really. Like, we have one of the most charismatic, popular professional wrestlers in the world right here, and frankly, the fans can react however they want. That's what's great about AEW and pro wrestling. We're not trying to tell people what to think. This is a really compelling story. People were emotionally moved. People are calling that a great ending, and I'm really glad people liked it. But the fact is, it was a great match, and it was a great ending, and now we'll see what happens on Wednesday. Is that going to headline Arthur Ashe, that match? I'm not going to comment on that. Oh, thank you. I'll tell you why I'm upset about it. It's because if you're an EVP, you don't try to middle your top babyface. Try to get your niche audience that's on the internet to hate him for some made-up bullshit rumor really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick, trying to fucking, you know, make money, sell tickets, fill arenas, and these stupid guys think they're in a receipt. Tom? Yep, Dominic D'Angelo at freeshows.com. 
Uh, Punk, last time we were here last year, I asked you about like Terry Funk and his influence, like yeah. the legacy going on. Kind of, uh, and this is for you too, Tony. I kind of like, they're, they're, you do, you've done a great job with incorporating legends throughout you know, the course of AEW and as it goes on. I kind of want to see uh, what you feel about how a lot of the modern talent today can kind of utilize some of the advice and take advice from like guys like William Regal and uh, even like Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone. Um, I know I'm missing, Jake Roberts, plenty I'm missing, I'm sure. But I just kind of want to get both your perspectives on that and how that can kind of go a little bit more to, to help you guys out grow as a company. We have a, uh, a locker room full of pretty brilliant minds. You know, Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Mark Henry. You know, I, when I came back and I cut my promo my second week here, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty decent, you know what I mean? Kind of blur the lines a little bit. What's he doing? How crazy Phil. He's going into business for himself. And really, I was just defending myself. But, you know, you, you, you mix that in with attacking Moxley and mention, um, you know, Kingston being the second best Kingston, which is a pretty great line. Um, you know, uh, but our locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has, isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say, nah, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know, that's stupid. I'm on a team with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and I, I, don't, need, I don't need to work on my swing. You don't, I'm not gonna listen to these guys they're gonna tell me how to swing a baseball. Fucking go fuck yourself. That's how I feel about it. I, I, I dare you to fucking say that to Terry Funk's face. I don't need to listen to you, Mr. Funk. I know what I'm doing. Grow up. Next question over here. Uh, question for Punk. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, speak up. What? Sorry, we can't hear you. Sorry. Um, question for CM Punk, uh, Phil Lindsay from Leech Report. Um, I think you caught a lot of people by surprise your loss two weeks ago and your foot injury came into play. And I wonder, you know, how much of that came into play tonight? Because a lot of fans would assume that that was part of the reason you lost, but that didn't seem to happen tonight. Um, I'm wearing Danhausen's boots. This is a true story. So I, I assume that it's like some sort of a reverse curse. I've had a real problem with footwear. I've been trying to figure out like what to wear. And that's real life. Like I put my old wrestling shoes on and they didn't fit. I bought a new pair of 12s. They didn't fit. Um, I've thought about wearing my gym shoes. They didn't have the stability I needed. And uh, I bought a pair of Doc Martens because they're really comfortable. But they're too loose. And then Dan House was like, you want to try mine on? I'm like, they're size 10. And I put them on and they just magically fit. It, it, it like, like unbelievable, like a glove. They're tight, but not too tight. They give me stability and they're comfortable as hell. So I owe him more money now. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Um, Izzy. Izzy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm sorry if I'm scary. No, it's okay. You know, I like you, though. You're right. Thank you. I, I like you too. Thank you. <laughs> um, Izzy from the Hot Tag with Izzy. This question is actually directed towards Punk. Uh, we saw you know, you got your huge win tonight. Congratulations. And also MJF return. What is the message that you're trying to direct towards MJF this time around? Because you did have a feud with him months ago. I, I mean, do I have to? I, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I'm tired of wrestling these pricks. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything, um, you know. But um, I'm not I'm not the boss. I uh, 
he won the number one contendership, and uh, I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, I, I think Max is uh, a, a supremely talented individual, um, but this goes for him and anybody else in the locker room that doesn't want to be here. You know, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And Max likes to, uh, you know, shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. So, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how that goes. Thanks, Izzy. John Allen Podcast. He, uh, Punk, a, a year ago we were in this room and it was after Adam Cole had debuted, Brian Danielson had debuted, and you said that it, it had the feeling of Bash at the Beach. Oh, boy. Where, where it, it was <laughs> Did that I say energy. That? It was that Did energy. Did I say that? And uh, a year later, here you are, world champion, uh, through the trials and tribulations. What's your honest assessment of the last year for you personally and professionally? Um, like I, I, I know it sounds like, again, Sounds like a pretty ridiculous statement, you know. But I would like to think, in, again, in five years, you know, you'll 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 see the impact of it. Um, there's a chance I'm wrong, you know. We got an uphill battle in a in a, in a lot of respects. Um, there's just so much drama and turmoil going on. But I, you know, I, I like to believe in the place I work. Um, we do have a very very strong roster, and like I said, we have we have a lot of brilliant minds backstage. So if uh, if young talent's willing to actually listen and, and receive uh, advice and information, I honestly think the sky's the limit. You know, there's always going to be people who think they should be the top guy, want to be pushed, you know? Um, and I get that. I mean, that was that was me from like 2008 to, you know, 2010 or whatever. And, you know, I, 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 I always wanted more. Um, but I, I thought I acted like a top guy, you know, like if I missed a flight, I rented a car and made the town. I didn't just go, oh, I missed the flight. I guess I'm not going to be a TV. Um, I think Adam Cole is, is, is fantastic. I'm, 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 I'm more worried about his health now than worried about if, if his impact on wrestling is going to be, you know, bigger than Scott Hall's or something like that. Like, I, I just want the kid to be healthy because he's a, he's a, he's a sweetheart, you know? Um, I know Eric Bischoff is really mad that I said that, so I stand by it. <laughs> Uh, um, can you tell me a little bit about the recovery from the foot injury as far as, you know, I know you went through, it's three months. That was Awful. pretty quick, that's, you know, and you had, sur you had major surgery, you know, that stuff put in and everything. So, uh, the, so, so again, what I, what I said in uh, promo, I think maybe last week was, was true. I, I did the stage dive, what an idiot. I must have hit my foot on the top of the guardrail, but I didn't feel it. And you would think that shit would hurt, but when I, people caught me, they put me back down, I waited for FTR and I'm standing on my foot and it just didn't feel right, you know? But I thought again, maybe I just whacked it or something like that. And then I, I wrestled on it, blew a springboard, came off the top of like a double ax, like did all this shit. And what I eventually did is, yeah, I fractured my foot, but then I pulverized the bones. Pulverized is the word Dr. Uh, Dr. Jung used. Surgery was supposed to be an hour. It wound up being like four and a half. I got three plates and 16 screws in my foot. And I essentially, I have a new foot now, you know. Um, it is 100%, but it is a new 100%. And I'm, you know, I, every day I, I rehab. But when I, when I started rehab, this is the worst injury I've ever had, you know. Um, had surgery on my elbow, easy, easy peasy, you know, lower back, I could bike the next day, 
I could get a coffee, I could go for a six hour walk, you know what I mean? And just, I could do something. I was bedridden for two weeks and it was really, really hard for me because I, I really wanted to have this great summer and do good for Tony and sell tickets, draw money, help with ratings. And it all just came crashing down, but that's life. You know, I, I missed out on Forbidden Door in the United Center. I really wanted to wrestle there, you know, and I, and I, have, I, I have pride in my work and I wanted to carry the title and, you know, carry through the summer and just help grow the business. So it was mentally devastating. I was bedridden for at least two weeks. Uh, I would be dead if it wasn't for my wife. I would also be dead because of my wife if that third week I didn't get out of bed. <laughs> um, love April to death. I, I, I wouldn't be here right now in a lot of ways if it wasn't for her. Um, it may sound corny to some people, not being able to walk my dog was like really challenging, you know? Uh, and then the, the rehab, like I could tell you how hard and painful it was and grueling but I, I just wouldn't be able to do it justice. I was doing two and a half hours of rehab, plus once they told me I could bike, I was biking my life away. Then I would go to the gym later and lift weights, and I was just trying to bust my ass to hurry up and not necessarily hurry up to get back. I wanted to hurry up to get healthy because if I'm not healthy, I'm no good to anybody. It was just, it was really, really tough. I, I just think it's, you know, I'm, I'm a little older now, and. It was just, it was a pretty ridiculous, I, I think if I was 23, it would have been a hard injury, you know what I mean? Because I, I literally couldn't do anything, try to get around on crutches up and down stairs, you know? I gotta walk two feet to go to the bathroom, I got crutches, it, it was just, it was pretty bad. It, and it was depressing, uh, but thank you for asking. <laughs> Last question for CM Punk, Will? Thanks, Dave. Will Washington, uh, What up, Will? How you doing, Punk? I'm okay. I got a question for you. So, that's on here, right? So, I guess a good way to round this out would be to point out the fact that uh, your win tonight brought to an end a fairly legendary run for John Moxley. He hasn't been defeated in AEW in over a year, and uh, even with the ones right? out, um, he hadn't, uh, I believe it was, what, double or nothing last year, the last time he was pinned? Um, and it was in a tag match. Yeah, he's tag never. Match. Yeah, it was the first time he's ever taken a clean pin in an AEW match ever. I would say. I mean, where it was under pretty fair circumstances <laughs> in over three years. Yeah, so it's, it, that brings to an end the fairly legendary run for John Moxley. Can you talk about um, what it means to be the guy to put an end to that run for Moxley? Oh man, people are probably really mad at me then, huh? <laughs> Alvarez. Are you mad at me? I'm mad at you. I'm a little mad at you, but yeah. um, I think me and Mox are so similar, and obviously uh, we got a lot in common. You know, like we both had some misdiagnosed staph infections. Uh, I mean, that's a, it's a weird thing to have in common. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but we came from the same place, and I think we felt a lot of the same things there, you know? Kind of like, there was a bridesmaid, but never the bride. I can only hope that he appreciates um, being able to, me doing that for him, just as I appreciate him doing this for me, you know? Because I think we're both guys that nobody ever really did it for us, you know? Uh, guys could have helped us out a little bit more, passed the torch a little bit more. And I think we're on, we're on even, 
run an even footing, whereas before maybe you thought, you know, like, I'm the bigger star. Like, I'm here to try to elevate everybody. And I'm not saying that I have elevated John Moxley. I like to think maybe I did. I think that's what all of our jobs are, is to get, you know, if, if one person's up here, it's, it's, it's up to them to reach back and, and get everybody up to that level. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think John Moxley, um, we have different philosophies about pro wrestling, but it's, it's a beautiful thing because it's, it's all pro wrestling, you know? And done right, it's, it's just magic. I, I, I think he's a hell of a talent, and I, uh, I, I, I sure do appreciate him, you know? Thank you very much, CM Punk. Thank you. Alvarez. You saw the video, man, and you were so incredulous that I went into business for myself, and I was just like, No, no, man. I, I made sure to say that some people were upset that you had done that, and other people said that you were defending yourself, which is what you said, that you were defending yourself. I, and the reason I've never defended myself is because when you do, it just sounds like you're being defensive, but I've eaten shit on this subject for a very, very long time. Um... And I'm, I'm very sad today that I had to get up here and, and, and say his name. He doesn't fucking deserve it uh, and talk about it. But facts are facts, you know. Name two people that have made the most money off the name CM Punk. I don't think you're there yet. The first one's Vince McMahon. The second one's Scott Colton. I hope you all have a good night. Please be more responsible with the news you get from certain people. And uh, just remember, we're human beings. Thank you. Thank you, Punk. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Did Larry have a good time? Bro, Larry got one of the biggest pops of the night earlier. He got Lucy ran down the, the thing. It was fucking great. We love the Dove shirt, too, Punk. Thank you. You know Sidney Crosby love, though? Fuck Sidney Crosby. <laughs> fuck, fuck Malkin. Fuck what? You know what? You know what? Fuck Ron Francis. Oh. How about that? Oh. I'm still fucking pissed off. Fuck him. Oh. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Dirk Graham got a hat, a hat trick in fucking game one. They still lose and get sweet. <laughs> oh. Somebody box up these spinnies and fucking... Can I have one? Yeah, yeah. Thanks Do you ever do a spin drill? Yeah, please. Thank it's you. not that weirdo, non-alcoholic shit. Yeah, but I like... Water. Well, I like both. Yeah, spinnies are great. Thanks, Bill. Contrary to popular belief, I am a very nice guy. Thank you. I always thought you were very... You were very nice, nice to me, Bill. <laughs> sorry, Nick. Sorry. You were. You were always very nice to me. All right. Let's talk about Sion Punk, the media scrum. And then let's talk about... Uh, the altercation that went down behind the scenes. All right. Again, everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has their own side they could pick. Either one side or the other. So I'm going to call it right down the middle. Fairly. So I'm going to tell you a disclaimer before I get my rant going here, folks. I am a CM Punk fan. Not only because I live in Chicago. Yes, he is the Chicago very own hero. But... I am a fan of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, okay? Uh, at some point in my pro wrestling fan viewage in the past, I kind of dipped away from pro wrestling for a little bit during the PG era of the WWE and kind of missed out the whole first wave of the NXT debut. So I kind of I kind of stepped away from pro wrestling around, around that time. I've had to give a year, probably 24. 2013, 2014, 
25th to right around there. Kind of dipped away from pro wrestling. I lost my interest. I lost my passion and love. And that's right around where CM Punk somewhat kind of left pro wrestling. So you flash back to a couple years forward now. And I slowly got back into pro wrestling. A couple co-workers were watching it. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just get back into it. And I don't know. WWE is not the same. The pro wrestling is not the same as I usually looked at when I was little. Well, next you know, an explosion was happening at the Hot Topic. Bullet Club t-shirts everywhere. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? As a new faction in pro wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, that's where I discovered New Japan Pro Wrestling. I knew about it. I just never watched it. Or where, can, where can I watch it at? And I did a little research and found New Japan World, the stream of service. And I started watching it there. Ring of Honor. That's where I would discover Ring of Honor. Started watching it at as well. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they, they turned me back into a pro wrestling fan again. And uh, I gave them all the credit, and uh, which led me up to All In, which I bought my ticket for All In. And ever since then, I've been following AEW since the very start. So there's that. That's the disclaimer right there. But I am a fan of pro wrestling that's not today's version of pro wrestling. What I mean is... I do enjoy the style of the Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. But I also love the old school style pro wrestling. Uh, the, the old school style metallically like CM Punk. MJF, who was just a phenomenal heel, which I'll talk about very shortly. And FTR, old school style wrestling. That's why I love FTR. So I'm a fan of both pro wrestling uh, genres or aspects or however you categorize them. Um, I understand that it's a very small niche audience for the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, yes, they could cater to the internet fans, the smart fans. So that's how I look at this media scrum. Okay, that's my viewpoint. That's where my brain is looking at. Now let's talk about the media scrum. Uh, as you heard at the very beginning of the media scrum, he pointed out a single press journalist. Right off the bat, when this journalist about to ask him a question, CM Punk pretty much told him, hey, what do you do outside of journalism, comedy, improv? Who do you normally do comedy improv with? Scott Colton. And that's where things started kicking off for the media scrum. And uh, tell the little story about why the media is spreading rumors on Colt Cabana. Uh, why is everything being blamed on CM Punk for Cole Cabana's absence on AEW television? Is he fired? Is he gone? Well, CM, CM Punk's fault. It's his fault. And uh, he pretty much started out saying it's not his fault. And he did his job by paying him the money that he owe him during the, the court lawsuit a couple years ago. And... Uh, he did what he needed to do for that. Once he was done with it, he made amends and they went on their separate ways. And uh, Cole Cabana has never been part of CM Punk's life ever since then. And they still, that, that, that status never changed. So it's been almost, what, 2013, 2014, whenever this lawsuit, lawsuit began and their friendship broke. And they are no longer friends ever since then. It's 2022. So that's where CM Punk is pointing out there. Why? 
why is the rumors spreading on the dirt sheets? Well, he also pointed out in the in the media scrum. And uh, that's why he blamed the EVPs and Hangman Adam Page. That's why he called called out Hangman Adam Page on live AEW Dynamite a couple weeks ago on TV. Out of nowhere. Even though he was doing a rivalry against John Moxley for the championship, he still called out Hangman Adam Page. And fans are wondering why he called out Adam Page. And, uh, well, there's your reason now. Why he's calling him out? Well, he, he apparently Hangman Adam Page went into business for himself back in May. When he cut a promo, I believe it was the go-home show, or at least the week before, for AEW's double double or nothing back in May. And uh, since that promo, he cut a promo where he was being genuine. Uh, you know, being real about CM Punk behind the scenes. CM Punk didn't like that. And apparently the EVPs, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page were snickering backstage and started a rumor about how it's CM Punk's fault for Cole Cabana uh, not being around AEW television, hasn't been around on BTE, hasn't been around, uh, or, or at least part of the problem of trying to fire Cole Cabana from AEW. So CM Punk didn't like that. And uh, since they want to cause a little stir, a little problem behind the scenes, he decided to uh, even the score here by call him out on the media scrum. So this is my question to you, the listeners. Is it fair for CM Punk to do that? Calling out Hangman Adam Page and the EVPs. Now, he never called out the EVPs by name. But he, he, he called Hangman Adam Page pretty much calling him a coward. So, again, listeners, let me know what you think in your opinion. Does CM Punk... I mean, do you improve the actions he did at the media scrum? Now, my personal opinion, I think it's fair to say after assessing uh, this this turmoil the past couple months since May. And I think it's fair enough this punk. Yeah, he can easily I mean, he has the all right to do so um, after a pay-per-view and, you know, instead of building this up within himself. Um, could this been taken care of behind the scenes a long time ago? Absolutely. But apparently the EVPs are, I guess, acting like kids, as CM Punk said. Here I am dealing with kids. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, again, different generation of pro wrestlers compared to the uh, CM Punk and the generation that he came out of. So again, yes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, yeah, they're they're great at what they're doing, okay, and I'm not gonna deny it. That's why I put the disclaimer out before I start talking about this. I can't deny they're good at at the style they're wrestling at, but as Punk's mentioned, they cater to the niche audience, a very small audience. See, um, Punk, yes, he is coming in to bring the ratings. For AEW television. He is coming in for business. As he mentioned. Sell tickets. Again sold out the United Center. Based off a rumor. He hasn't joined a wrestling ring in almost 7 years. So of course. That's money right there. So why would Tony Khan fire him? Why? 
There's, I mean, I mean that's probably the, the worst business move they ever could make. Now, leadership. Let's talk about leadership. Maybe all this could have been avoided if that both parties sat down and discussed their issues. Maybe this will never happen. Yes, there's been a lot of histories in the past of AEW behind the scenes when it comes to the EVPs, uh, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, and Hangman. Could that be also the other reason why Cody left AEW for WWE? Um, again, catering the small audience. Cody, who, again, old school style wrestler, got off his father, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. So, come on, the guy is trying to be the old school pro wrestling, pro wrestler style, just like CM Punk. Just like MJF, and that why you think he left AEW to become one of the biggest stars in WWE. So that tells you right there: should the EVPs, or actually I should ask, should the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Adam Hangman Page, should they be EVPs anymore? My personal opinion: they should get rid of the EP, EVP rules, strip them away. Nobody, nobody should be getting fired, okay? Nobody should be fired out of this situation. But, yeah, suspension, definitely. But EVPs should be stripped from the roles from the elite, okay? Let's just, let's just be honest. They can be normal wrestlers. Uh, the question is, are they making any major impacts? Uh, behind the scenes, I know Kenny Omega is doing the video game. That's one thing, but... Are there any major impacts behind the scenes? Now, CM Punk also talked about, uh, he, he did he did a nice little relations here where he mentioned about the baseball players, you know, Mark McGuire, yada, 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 yada. And if you're a batter and these guys are giving you tips, you, you're going to pretty much say, you know what? I don't need your tips. I'll need your opinions. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's where he's referring to the backstage uh, personnel. And, and, and that's not the only story, folks. There were other people. I can't remember. It was Mark Henry, Big Show, or Billy Gunn. Somebody, I think it was Billy Gunn who, or somebody did. Somebody, one of the legends that worked behind the scenes, I think it was JR, I believe, where they were offering uh, suggestions, tips to improve. And these guys just don't want to listen. Apparently, there's, there's these younger generations that apparently they want to do their own thing the younger talent in the back so that's where he's referring to uh you know the the the, the comparison between the baseball players and the batter uh these younger talents is rather not listen to these legends the brains the ideas that's going on behind the scene to improve the product and my personal preference okay my personal opinion if i was working behind the scenes as a younger wrestler yeah, soak up as much knowledge you can with those legends. Dean Malico, Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Claudio Castanoli, all these guys working behind the scenes. Arn Anderson, come on, Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard, these guys are working behind the scenes. Billy Gunn, veterans, legends, work with them, listen to them. I, I mean... Not to listen to him, you, you're crazy, and that's what CM Punk said. You are out of your mind to ignore these legends slash coach. 
Listen to them. It's the only way you will get better and improve. If you want to make money in the business, be the next rock, next Stone Cold Steve Austin, the next Undertaker, now is the time to listen. Now is, now is the time to improve and get better at the product. So that's where he's referring to. But also, uh, with these younger talent, they love to snicker behind the scenes instead of being grown-ass adults. And uh, uh, Punk offered to have an open-door policy or anybody in the locker room could speak to him. So after that media scrum, apparently the EVPs weren't happy about the comments uh, he was making at the media scrum. Now, that's only reports. Nothing's been official. AEW never mentioned it. And again, it's a legal situation. So, of course, nobody can't say anything about it until everything's settled. That being said, it's only rumors, sources, that the Young Bucks went straight to the CM Punk's locker room after the media scrum. Some sources are stating that they busted right into CM Punk's locker room. Other sources stand they just kind of knocked and went right in for themselves, went into business themselves. Uh, starting a little verbal argument with CM Punk, and apparently CM Punk was trying to be in a defensive mode, and I'm not sure if the Young Bucks are trying to get a physical. Uh, my understanding is that CM Punk made the first swing, punch Nick Jackson, or Matt Jackson, one of the two. Eventually, a steal was in there, but wasn't part of the altercation at first. But apparently, he got defensive as well. Uh, threw a chair. It looked like it hit one of, I think it was Matt Jackson. They threw the chair, or Nick Jackson, one of the two. Well, the other one got socked in the face. And then, uh, apparently, a steal pulled Kenny Omega's hair and bit him. <laughs> and uh, I guess Larry the dog, CM Punk's dog, was present in the room. Uh, eventually, they kind of took him out with uh, Ace Steel's wife, if I'm not mistaken, who was watching the dog, and they kind of left. Eventually, a few other people came in to break up the fight, and one of those people was Chris Jericho. So, that's what's going on with that. What's going on after the altercation? Now, now, now here's the next question to you listeners. If you were in Tony Khan's shoes, what would you do in this kind of situation? Would you suspend him? Which most likely that's where they're doing right now. Would you fire him? CM Punk, the biggest draw, who makes the money, brings ticket uh, revenues up, uh, a merchandise mover. Would you fire him? Again, think long term here, folks. And this is where MJF comes to play. Yeah, he is probably the, I don't want to categorize the numbers, second best in the comp. He is one of the top guys in AEW, along with Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho. So, but I'm talking about household names, and CM Punk is well known to a lot of fans out there. Uh, either a casual fan to, you know, used to watch WWE 7, 8, 10 years ago with CM Punk in it. So, CM Punk is a name. He is a star, the top guy. So try to think about that. Would you fire him or keep him? My personal opinion, be smart, business smart. Keep him. Suspend him. And yes, he is injured. Apparently he did a torn, uh, if I'm not mistaken, torn pec or torn bicep from doing the tope at All Out this past Sunday, which we'll talk about it very shortly. 
And uh, there's that. And also Christian Cage is also, since we're on the on the subject of torn pec, torn uh, muscle, uh, yeah, Christian Cage got hurt as well. I'm not sure when, I guess a few weeks ago, a few months ago. So, uh, again, we'll get a little bit more details of that shortly. But, yeah, I mean, now be the time to suspend him. He's going to be out for a couple months. Same thing with the Young Bucks and the EVP. As I mentioned, strip them as the EVPs. Hire somebody that would be perfect for that spot. Not for the pro wrestlers, okay? Uh, should they get fired? No. They can stick around. They can stick around. They they started the company. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. They started the company with Tony Khan. Started a revolution with Cody Rhodes. Cody Lutt. Could that be the reasoning? Why? <laughs> uh, we're seeing punks spew everything now at the media. That could be one of the reasons Cody Lutt? Maybe. Now AEW is the second biggest wrestling company in North America. Or possibly the world. So if they're going to continue to be successful and go against the WWE as competition, they need to get their stuff together behind the scenes. Tony Khan, he's the head of the boss. He needs to step up as well. Put his foot down. Going to tell Kenny and Megan, the Young Bucks, you know what? We do need some leaders in the, in the backstage locker room. We need to have a structure, a safe environment backstage. People need to get along here, folks. So, my personal opinion, Tony should hire EVPs, hopefully someone that's related within the wrestling industry, a legend, a Hall of Famer. Someone who's uh, business-worthy knowledge that's not a pro wrestler. Active pro wrestler, I should say. So these guys are active pro wrestlers. They're, they're, they they walked out at all out as the new trios champion. Uh, again, they should just stick with the wrestling aspect and do their own things. And uh, hire somebody that's going to be EVP only. My personal opinion. And uh, same thing with Punk. Keep him. Keep him. Do not let him go. A Steel. Could be a different story. They might fire him for laying his hands on certain individuals. Um, but, again, nothing's been confirmed for between both parties. Um, if anything does come out, I make sure, I'll try to make sure I relate this information on the podcast. So, there's that. So, again, Everybody has their own opinions. If you have your own opinions, again, Riffs and Body Slams on Twitter, Riffs and Body Slams at gmail.com. All right, let's talk about All Elite Wrestling All Out without this past Sunday. I was there, hopped in my car, drove an hour north to the Hoffman Estates at the Now Arena. Got there early. No, I didn't participate in the side party. I just got there, got out the car, went in line, stayed in line for almost two hours, waiting for the doors open. Met some awesome people, and uh, everybody I met was from out of state, which was awesome. Uh, I met two gentlemen that drove from Philadelphia, long drive. Met a couple. I believe they lived in West Virginia. Apparently they, apparently they go to every major AEW event, so that's awesome. So, yeah, they, they, they flew into Chicago for All Out. And then the person I sat next to in the arena, he flew in from Detroit. So, a little bit of everybody from different places, the part of the world and the country. 
apparently there was somebody who was from uh, the UK. So the <laughs> heck of a plane trip, right? So uh, yeah, man, it's pretty cool to talk with other people and make my myself acquaintance to other pro wrestling fans out there. Discussed about AEW and the future and predictions, and a lot of them are anti WWE. So uh, there is that. But here on the show, everything's pro wrestling. I'll talk about, I love pro wrestling, so I talk about everything. I'm an equal guy. So that's how I roll on the podcast. So let's talk about All Out, shall we? Get there. The door's open. Picked up some awesome merch. Picked up two t-shirts. I got the All Out t-shirt. The traditional t-shirt with the building on it. Make that number three, number four, along with the all-in t-shirt. and have it in my stockpile here. And also bought myself the John Moxley versus CM Punk t-shirt. And I was there. So I have that in my uh, my uh, stockpile of t-shirts here. By the way, my t-shirt collection. Yikes. I have like over like probably a thousand t-shirts. Not just pro wrestling shirts, but rock and metal t-shirts. A lot of tour t-shirts. So, so there's that. Um, what else? So they had other stuff there. They didn't really have posters. If you're a poster collector like myself, um, they did have hats. They did have, uh, pins as well. Pins you put on your hat or on your vest or whatever. Um, they had champion belts they were selling. Uh, they know they had like a thousand dollar champion belt signed by somebody. And then they had a normal champion belt without signed for 800 bucks. Uh, they had limited edition action figures. The Sheeta action figures and John Moxley signed. They they want a hundred dollars for him. Yeah, nope. Um, what else they had there? Uh, other pro wrestler T-shirts there as well. Uh, I think that's it. They don't. They don't. They didn't have a whole lot of stuff at the merch. They normally sell the chairs, but I didn't see no chairs as well. So, but picked up merch, grabbed some drinks, some food, went to my seat. If you looked at my pictures, my seats were uh, near the announcer desk. So, per- perfect view of the entrance ramp and the ring. So, I had a great view. So, there's that. Yes, before the pay-per-view and the pre-show started, CM Punk came out with his dog. His dog was on the loose, roaming down the entrance ramp, getting his five-second of fame <laughs> in the arena. That's pretty cool. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the pre-show really quick. Jericho Appreciation Society, Sammy Guevara, Taimelo versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho and a triple A World Mixed Tag Team Championships are on the line. So apparently the beginning of the match where they were doing an interview behind the scenes, apparently the backdrop in the backstage segment was clearly visible from inside of the arena. Apparently they put this right under the concourse. You can see it. You can see. You can see. Literally see the interview. Next thing you know, Ruby Soho and Ortiz arrived on an ATV and ran over Sammy Guevara. So that's a nice little moment. Eventually, both parties went right into the ring. The match got started. There was a point of the match where um, Ruby Soho looked like she hurt herself in the ring. Sure enough, she did. Broke her nose. So nice. There's another injury update right there. Ruby Soho did break her nose. Tay Ty Camello, I believe she gave like a kick in the face or a punch in the face, and that's how Ruby broke her nose. So 
But other than that, Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello defeated Ortiz and Ruby Soho to retain the AAA Mix Tag Team Champion. Up next, Hook, the FTW Champion, faced Angelo Parker in a quick three-minute match. Uh, crowd was a little excited for Hook, and yeah, he defeated Angelo Parker. Yeah, that's it, man. Straightforward for this match. All right, up next, Pac, the AEW All-Atlantic Champion, walked down to the ring to face Kip Sabian. Uh, decent match. Pac looked, looked great. Looks like a star. Looks like a champion. And he defeated Kip Sabian, 1-2-3, by pinfall and retained the AEW All-Atlantic Champion. As Pac was leaving, out came Orange Cassidy. And it looks like he wants to challenge Pac in the near future. And uh, eventually later in the night, Pac told him, you know what, dude? You're a joke wrestler. You're not a real wrestler, and I'm not going to face you. All right, so there's that for that match. Up next, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii in a singles match. The final pre-show match. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Eddie Kingston had a, uh, a nice little reaction for Chicago after his two-week suspension. Uh, again, this match was a slobber knocker type of match. You really love two guys slapping each other in the chest for 10 minutes. This match is for you. And, uh, yeah, man, great match. Tomohiro Ishii looked great. Kingston, always great as always. And he defeated Ishii in a 13-minute and 25-second singles match. So congrats to Eddie Kingston on defeating Tomohiro Ishii. All right. The pay-per-view begins. The, the crowd is going nuts. And uh, the first match, the casino ladder match. Whoever won this match and and uh, grabs the casino chip will receive an AEW Future Championship match. So in this match, you're, you're going to get Claudio Castanoli, Wheeler Yuta, Penta, El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Rush, Andrade El Idolo, and Dante Martin. And the mystery joker. Who's the mystery person? Well, he came out last, but we'll get to that in a second. This match was just great. It started off great. I mean, the, the Lucha Brothers always look impressive. They work together as a team. Uh, Rush and Andrade work together as a team as well. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, again, the future of pro wrestling right there. Dante Martin as well. Claudios looks like a star. This match was great. Until a bunch of guys and a robber mask and a ski mask and came in the ring and there was like over like five, six guys they jumped the ring, start beating up everybody. And next next you know the mystery guy in the 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 the, the robber's mask climbed up the ladder, grabbed the poker chip, and uh, told Justin Roberts to ring the bell and announced to the crowd that a mystery opponent won this match. Who is this mystery opponent? Well, the lights went out. Lights came back on. And next thing you know, the Rolling Stones, I believe the Symphony of the Devil song started playing. And a mystery person walked out with a devil's mask. Came down to the ring. Grabbed the poker chip. Apparently, he is the Joker, the mystery uh, opponent, the final entrance for this match, 
came out. And the Chicago crowd, I mean, the arena was booing. People were pissed off. Literally, at least the people in my section were like, what the fuck, dude? They're like, dude, this is so stupid. Why Why this match ended like this? And uh, apparently this guy who was dressing like the devil was about to take this mask off. And then he, he said, no, no, no. And walked out. And uh, apparently the guy that climbed the ladder to get the poker chip was Stokely Hathaway. And uh, <laughs> when when the cameras cut off on it, he flicked everybody off as he was leaving the, uh, walking up the entrance, leaving through the tunnel. So uh, that's the point of view that I saw. But yeah, the mystery of Joker with the devil's mask. Well, he'll make his return in the show later on. We'll get to it in a second. Up next, the TNT, not TNT, the tournament final for the inaugural AEW World Trios champion. The Elite versus Hangman Adam Page and Dark Order. Again, one of the best matches of the night. Again, if you're a fan of this style of pro wrestling, uh, The Elite, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, again, good at what they're doing. Uh, Dark Order with Hangman Adam Page was pretty good as well. John Silver's, my personal opinion, was the highlight of the night. He was very impressive. Other than that, great match. The crowd was hot. Fans were chanting for the elite. The other half of the arena was choosing Hangman Adam Page and Dark Order. So, a split 50-50 right down in the arena. Fans were out of their seat for this match. But the elite defeated Dark Order and had him Hangman Adam Page to become the inaugural AEW World Trios champion. Uh, so that's what happened with that. Now they are stripped as the AEW World Champions at this moment. Uh, if you watch Dynamite this past Wednesday, Tony Khan stripped the Trios champions from the Elite. So they are no longer the champions and a death triangle. The Lucha Brothers and Pac are your new World Trios champion as of this past Wednesday due to the altercation this past Sunday. So, there we go. Up next, the women's match of Jade Cargill uh, versus Athena for the AEW TBS champion. Uh, a quick match. It was a 4 minute 20, 4 minute 20 second match. So, it was very quick. And uh, Jade Cargill, she looks great. Looks like a star. Athena, big fan of hers as well. But Jade Cargill defeated Athena to retain the TBS champion. So uh, my perspective in the arena, this was a bathroom slash beer break for a lot of the fans. So, All right, up next, Wardlow and FTR versus Jade Lethal and the Motor City Machine Gun. Great match. It was a 16 minute and 30 seconds match. Uh, crowd was pumped for this as well. Uh, Wardlow looked impressive. FTR were great. Border City Machine Guns. Watched these guys for a long time. They looked great. And Jay Lethal was great too as well. But Wardlow and FTR defeated the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal by pinfall. All right, up next, Powell Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. I was surprised this was a short match and a clean match, too, because Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ricky Starks. Uh, in a million years, I would never thought that this would have been 
the outcome. Uh, I was hoping this would be a slobber knocker type of match, but it was a five minute and five seconds match. It was very short. A lot of fans were surprised that Ricky Starks got the defeat. So there you have it. All right. My opinion, this match is next match, a tag team match again. Uh, the Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaim. This is personally my favorite match of the night. This crowd was red hot. Wow. I didn't expect the Acclaim to get a massive pop. And when they came out, the fans were losing their shits, man. The Chicago crowd was singing. What, what chant they were singing? Uh, like like uh, uh, Swerve Strickland, you know, Swerve House. Swerve house, you know, the crowd chanting. <laughs> the crowd was chanting, Daddy's house, Daddy's house. And then, uh, you know, the Keith Lee crowd song, Oh, bask in our glory. And well, then the crowd starts singing, Oh, scissor daddy, yes. <laughs> it was hilarious, man. Uh, you know, scissor daddy's ass, scissor daddy. You know, it's just the crowd was just. 1,000% for this match. I mean, I was quite surprised. Well, wow, man, this crowd was red hot. And everybody was standing. Everybody was standing on their feet for this match. This match was a close call match. Uh, I mean, this match pretty much proved that Swerving Her Glory is pretty much a heel now. And the claimer of the babyface. And the crowd were booting the shit off Swerving Her Glory. <laughs> I tell you, you, man. I was rooting for the claim. My personal preference, a lot of fans, I think 99% of the now arena was chanting for their claim, but no, they fell short and swerving our glory defeated their claim. Sadly, but they have another tighter opportunity, which is coming up at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in a couple weeks on Dynamite. So good stuff. So there's that. Up next, Tony Storm versus Dr. Brick Baker, Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida for the world's AEW championship. So Thunder Rosa got hurt. She had to drop the title. Now there's going to be a new women's champion crown. Great match. Brick Baker and Jamie Hayter worked as a team for the first half of the match. And as, as the match got closer to the end, uh, Jamie Hayter, she was a fan favorite. Fans are chanting for a name. I was quite surprised they didn't pick Tony Storm, but fans want to see Jamie Hayter win it. Rebel uh, Britt Baker, she didn't like it. She stole that spotlight away from her, and most likely the friendship between both of them are probably done now. Uh, but Tony Storm defeated the other three women to become the new AEW World's Women's Champion. So congrats, it's Tony Storm. Up next, Christian Cage versus. A Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And this is probably the shortest match on the pay-per-view, which was 20 seconds. What happened was Jungle Boy came out. Christian Cage came out first. And he was on the ring waiting. Jungle Boy came out last. As he was on coming out the tunnel, Luchasaurus came out the other tunnel. Instead of joining forces with Jungle Boy, he turned his back on Jungle Boy, choke slammed him on the steel ramp uh man and i tell you the the stage stage is probably at least i don't know 10 feet 12 feet tall and jungle boy hit that 
took the I mean his back ate that great on the stage from the the choke slam from Luchasaurus and he fell like twelve feet. Yikes. And uh, eventually Luchasaurus threw him in the table. I'm not sure if they showed it on TV, but when Luchasaurus did a choke slam, um, Jungle Boy through the table. Uh, one of the announcers, or I'm not sure, it was the, the the ring keeper, water bottle was on the table, and when that table broke, that water bottle flew and flipped in the air, and the fan caught it. <laughs> the fan's like, "Nice catch!" I'm not sure if that made it on the pay per view, but I thought it was pretty badass. But uh, yeah, man. Luchasaurus threw Jungle Boy in the ring. The match started. Christian Cage hit the side effect and won the match. And uh, again, as I mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago, Christian Cage injured his peck or torn or something. That's the reason why this match was so short. Yes, and Christian Cage defeated Jungle Boy. Up next, Lionheart Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson and a 23-minute and 40-second match. Great singles match. Jericho brought out brought out the old school Lionheart moves, Lion Salt, and uh, come on, baby! You know the Chris Jericho trademark stuff he does in the ring, and he looked pretty good. Brought out the walls of Jericho here and there, but fans were pulling for Danielson to win this match, but Chris Jericho defeated Danielson, uh, doing a good old-fashioned heel with the... Uh, uh, doing a low blow with the rough not looking, so that's how he won it. Up next, six-man tag team match, Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro versus the House of Black. So uh, it starts off with the House of Black coming out and walking down to the ring, and out comes Sting, Miro, and Darby Allen. So apparently apparently throughout this whole match, Miro... Pretty much Miro kind of distanced himself between Sting and Darby Allen, those which which were working like a team here. Uh, but other than that, this match was pretty decent, not too bad. And uh, Sting and uh, Darby Allen pretty much brought the victory to the team by defeating the House of Black. And uh, yeah, there's that. As both parties were leaving the ring, House of Black was. At least half the crews, I think Buddy Matthews and uh, um, Brody King were pretty much walking through the tunnel. Malachi Black was walking up the ramp. And from my perspective view, he pretty much turned around, uh, took a bow, and blew kisses to the crowd. And my right off the bat, uh, after seeing that, in my mind, I'm like, is he leaving AEW? I mean, he's a heel, and he's turned around giving a bow and uh, blowing kisses to the fans. So, and my first thing that came to my mind is, is he leaving? And eventually the reports got out the, to the dirt sheets very, very quick within a couple of hours. But apparently he's gone through some mental health issues, and uh, I, I wish him a speedy recovery, and hopefully we'll see him very soon in the pro wrestling ring, hopefully in AEW. All right, the main event, CM Punk versus John Moxley. This match was a main event match. Everybody in the arena, not a single person was sitting down for this match. Uh, for me, again, I was going to flashbacks in this match. It felt like an old school, late 90s, early 2000s, heel versus babyface baby wrestling match. This crowd was red hot. This crowd was 50-50. CM Punk, Moxley. CM Punk, Moxley. 
So it was 50-50 in the crowd, man. It felt great being that in that crowd. That pop for this match, it felt great. It felt great. Like, and as I mentioned, every single person was standing up in this match. And this match was great. CM Punk pretty much uh, started busting bleeding. Obviously, right off the bat, CM Punk was the first person to start bleeding. And uh, eventually, things was this match was spilling outside of the ring and got back in the ring and a lot of close falls and this match was great it was a 19 minutes and 55 seconds match and the crowd was gone bananas as pat patterson will say and uh cm punk defeated john moxley to become the aew world champion as i mentioned right after the pay-per-view with the media scrum and altercation that happened cm punk is stripped from the aew world champion from uh the words of Tony Khan from this past Wednesday in Dynamite, and they're going to have a tournament for the vacant champion. And as of right now, Brian Danielson advanced by v, uh, by defeating Hangman Adam Page in the tournament. So my personal opinion, again, let me know what you think. Uh, Hangman Adam Page should never been in this tournament in the first place. Well, how come? He didn't do anything wrong. Fuck yeah, he did. He started this whole damn mess. So yes. He, he definitely doesn't deserve to be part of this tournament. And, uh, yeah, when he came out on live television on Dynamite, uh, I was looking on Twitter. Some people were saying, man, he got a big pop. No, it was, it was a mixed reaction. There was a lot of boos for uh, Hangman at a Page when he came out. It was a great match. I'll give him credit where credit is due. Uh, Danielson and Hangman at a Page put on a great wrestling match. But my personal opinion... Adam Page should have never been in this tournament. But Danielson won, so that's the positive side, and he advanced to face Chris Jericho. Whoever won that match will advance to the championship match at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And then where Rampage is going down on Friday tonight, as I record this podcast, uh, should be Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. If I had to pick one, hopefully Darby Allen will win. We'll face either Moxley or Jericho, so... There's that. So, there you have it, folks. All the wrestling all out. Uh, after the pay-per-view, after the show, got in the car, hanged out for a little bit in the car, tried to do my voice memo, and by the way, I did posted my clip on YouTube, Riffs and Body Slam Plus, on the pay-per-view. Just kind of waiting around, waiting for the cars to clear out in the parking lot. and Now there are less. We're kind of... Move on to the next subject here, folks. Yeah, it's getting long for this pay-per-view. I'm sorry. You know, if you if you care or not. If you made it this long, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, if you're a new to subscriber, hit the subscribe button. I will appreciate that. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your grandmother, grandfather, your neighbor, or stranger walking down the street. and Tell them that Riff's Body Slam kicks all forms of ass. And then I will love you forever. How about that? All right, so again, hit the subscribe button. Follow me on my socials. Let's talk about WWE Monday Night Raw this past Monday, shall we? All right, that was a WWE Monday Night Raw review. All right, I'm going to close out the podcast talking about Triple H and the future of NXT. Uh, talk about the, the, the corporation ladder that's... Making some changes. 
And then uh, that's it. We'll close up episode number 49, and we'll hit in 50 next week. How about that? So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, man, we arrived to the very end. If you made it this long, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yapling, rumbling for quite a bit now. So a lot's going on in the world of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal and pro wrestling. But again... Follow me on Twitter so you don't have to wait to the next episode and Riffs and Body Slams. Uh, YouTube as well, Riffs and Body Slam Plus on my second YouTube channel, Riffs and Body Slams at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I'm your host, Gmo. Have an awesome weekend, my friends. Whatever you may be doing, stay safe, stay healthy. Let's tackle another work week and kick all forms of ass. And I'll talk to you guys for the big number 50, 5-0, over the hill. And uh, we'll, we'll see what else is going on in the world of rock and roll and pro wrestling. So until next time, take care and bye-bye.